Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. So today we're going to be talking to Alexa Bigwarf about her creative endeavors and specifically about writing through grief. But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. So Joy, what did you do? (laughs) Well, this week has been all about brainstorming. Brainstorming for the win. I've had it in like so many different aspects of my week. Um, I had it in some editing things. I got to help someone talk through like some point of view issues. Um, I got to talk through or actually I'm working through an evaluation for someone else about a better way to kind of order the story. So it's like brainstorming, like how can this flow better? Um, Another thing with a critique with a friend is, you know, a change of characters ages to change the entire genre, which was insane. And we like brainstormed through this to whether it would be a good idea for her or not. Um, So that was kind of fun. And then I've also been putting together a workshop for some local young writers, which I'm so excited to do later this month. And because it's Preptober, it's all about prepping to write. And so of course, a big part of that is brainstorming. So I got really excited thinking about talking to teenagers about how to brainstorm for their stories. So definitely brainstorming this week. (laughs) I love that. Brainstorming is actually one of my favorite parts. It's like the most exciting part about writing. The most fulfilling part is the revision for me, but the excitement is in the brainstorming. So Alexa, we're going to get your bio and everything in just a minute, but do you have something cool that happened creatively this week? Well, actually, I do. <laughs> I'm I'm excited because usually I don't have a lot of really exciting creative things because I do a lot of nonfiction writing on my on my primary topics of grief and loss, parenting, or writing and publishing and marketing books. So those generally are not super exciting. But I have just been dying to write um, novels for years, and I've kind of started into the process and then only gotten a little bit. Well, I finally, I'm not really sure what kicked it off, but I finally was like, I just have to write this story. And um, so I was talking with a friend of mine who's written a lot of fiction books, and and she just told me, she was like, you know what, just, just sit down and, and write a paragraph. Just And I was reading Anne Lamott's book, and she was like, you know, just just bird by bird for anyone who hasn't mm-hmm. read it. Amazing. And and it really inspired me because she was like, so many people get um, get overwhelmed by the thought of thinking about this whole book, but just sit down one night and write about the scene when your primary character enters into the room or describe them. Or maybe it's just any scene, just, just one scene, just think of one thing that happens and start writing. So I did that. And I have been consistently writing like three to five nights a week now, because once I got past that block of, um, you know, oh, it's such a big book. It's such a big project and just sat down and started writing these little pieces. Anyway, so this week I spent like five hours writing on my book and I'm so excited because I contacted the cover designer and like, we're, we're moving forward with this story that I've been dreaming of writing for 20 years. So (laughs) I'm I'm amped up on creativity right now. (laughs) 
That's amazing. Congratulations. Finally, people who get it. My friends yeah. are just like, okay, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm the Not same really. way, but like I have that big block. Like if, if before I can start a project, there's always like this huge block and it'll, it'll set me back months, weeks, years, yeah. however long it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I get it. Like taking that first step is huge. Yes. And you did it. I did it. And now I, I, it's all I want to do all the time, which is a problem, but <laughs> we understand that too. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. And you know, it's the type of book I'm, I am really excited because I don't know if you are, if you are Netflix girls or not, but there's this show called Emily in Paris. That's like super popular right now. Everybody's binge watching it. And my story takes place in Paris 20 years ago, but I'm super excited to see how excited people are about something set in Paris because I'm like, sweet, my, <laughs> the, the world is primed for this book. <laughs> so tell us about your creative week, Megan. Oh, thank you. Um, I did some recovering reading this week. And so it's been really, really hectic. I, Alexa started a new job and I'm now in like a leadership position and it's really intimidating and, um, but I'm doing it and it's, and it's great. It's a lot of fun, big creative energy going on there, but thanks. <laughs> but the, the brain is overwhelmed and so about a decade ago, I had a really hard time in my life and reading kind of helped me get out of that. And I feel like I'm in the same, not the same exact place, but I'm using reading in the same exact way as I did a decade ago. And it just reminded me of my whole writing purpose, mm -hmm. which is that little bit of hope and being able to, to help people come out of that place the way that reading did for me. So I'm trying to like pay it forward. And that's been really beautiful this week. And I guess I consider that my creative happy for the week. Can I just tell you how much I love that you call it recovery reading? And I think for people who are big readers who love reading and love getting lost in a book, I'm totally stealing that and incorporating it into my grief program. It's hard for <laughs> grievers um, to, to focus on things a lot in the early beginning, but I think when you're getting to the phase where you can, what a great idea to just fall back in love with books again and take yourself out of whatever horrible thing has happened to you in your current life. I love that. Yeah. I'll, I'll credit you with that. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and actually, I just came up with that today. I was like, what am I doing here? And, then, and it really did feel like a recovery, like a rehab situation. <laughs> and I completely agree with you as far as, you know, it's, sometimes we have to step back before we can see about a situation. And I think that's how that worked for me as well, is that reading helped me step back, look at the situation with new eyes and see where I needed to go from there. And so I'm with you. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So Joy, would you give us a bio since we've had this really nice conversation and everybody should know who Alexa who is. is. she? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking to her? <laughs> because she's amazing. Okay, but maybe I should give you more than that, although that is true. So <laughs> Alexa Bigorf is a mother to three wildlings who keep her on her toes. She's an advocate, activist, speaker, author, and author coach, publisher, and podcaster. Her writing career began after her infant daughter passed away at two days old, and she turned to writing for healing. Since then, she has used her writing platform for advocacy and activism to support mothers, children, and marginalized voices. 
She began a nonprofit, Sunshine After the Storm, to provide support, care, healing retreats, and grief recovery to mothers in their most difficult time. She is the creator and co-host of the Lose the Cape podcast, which features moms working to make a difference in their children's lives, and has co-authored and published four volumes under the Lose the Cape brand. Her primary business is Write, Publish, Sell, a company dedicated to shepherding authors through the massive process of writing and publishing their books like a pro. She owns her own publishing house, Cat Biggie Press, and a children's book publishing company, Purple Butterfly Press, both dedicated to bringing stories of hope, encouragement, inspiration, and girl power to the world. <laughs> I sent you guys like the longest bio ever as a podcast host. I am so sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. They needed, they needed to know all the things. And yes. now they understand why you're on the podcast because you're stinking amazing. And Thank you. <laughs> so my first question, whenever, because we sent you a couple of, of topic opportunities for you and you picked the hardest one, man, like you really went for it. <laughs> so. My first question is, out of the topics that we presented to you, why did you choose creating when bad things happen instead of the fluffy one? <laughs> well, because of, of all the things that you just so nicely read out of my bio, like this is the one that brings me the biggest sense of, of joy and passion and being able to help other people. Um, you know, we talked about my experience and my loss. And basically after, after a few months, Catherine was a twin. So her twin sister was in the NICU for three months and there were a lot of ups and downs and a lot of things happening. But once my life started to stabilize again, um, I, I needed, I needed, I needed something. I needed to share what was going on. I needed to write. I needed to, you know, all this stuff. So I started blogging and it was through that blogging experience that I really learned the power of words and how much we can impact other people's lives. Um, and then through other experiences, I wound up writing the book, Sunshine After the Storm, the Sur a survival guide for the grieving mother with other parents. And um, as I started publishing books, people were coming to me and asking, how do you do this? I want to do this. I've also lost a child or, or any number of things. And I just, I really, really wanted to share that gift of how writing can be such an instrumental piece of helping you heal through loss, through sadness, mm -hmm. through frustration. It doesn't have to be as something as significant as the loss of a child or a loved one, but through the loss of a job, through the loss of a friend, through being isolated during COVID, you know, whatever it is, like um, being creative and, and using your brain in a different way, much as you use the reading to recover through a difficult time, like turning on a different piece of your brain is so helpful in helping you heal and move forward and do something. And then the other part of that is that there are so many people who do really phenomenal things by using their their pain and their suffering and their grief and their hard times to help other people through through their writing. So to me, it may seem like a challenging topic to other people, but to me, it's like the most obvious thing. <laughs> well, so that brings us to our next question. So when bad things do happen in your life, whether it be big or small, um, are you, what's your natural human response? Are you someone who just kind of plows right on through or do you just kind of stop and shut down? I'm a barrier. Um, what I mean by that is that I just like, I just 
plow through it and I, I just take on more and more and more to keep myself busy. There have been a couple of times, I know I just keep moving. Honestly, there are times I need to stop and I should stop and I don't stop. And, um, I'm trying to learn how to stop actually. I'm, you know, especially we're, we're reaching kind of a critical situation with all the things happening in our life. And it finally made me realize, you know, you mentioned I have three kids. Well, all of them, are, I have one in middle school and two in elementary school, and we're in a place that is 100% on lockdown, right? Not 100% on lockdown, but 100% e-learning. So I've got them, I've got my business, I'm a single mom, um, I've got my nonprofit, I've got all this stuff, and it's like, okay, you have to stop. You have to stop or you're going to die. <laughs> you are just going to die of exhaustion. But no, I, I generally tend to find as many things as I can to avoid dealing with, you know, what I really need to deal with. <laughs> What do you teach in your in your courses that kind of help you work through the fact like right do you recognize that you're doing it in the moment or is it something that's kind of retroactive like oh my gosh I'm in this terrible place now and now I know how to fix it because I've been through this before but like yeah. what how do you how do you teach people to move forward or so it's just a deal because there yeah. is no moving forward sometimes well, it's interesting because people are so different in the way that they handle things. And um, so there's no like one blanket thing that I can tell everybody do this or don't do that. Because you know what, for some people looking at how much I involved myself into and how busy I got to them, that looks like something that's really negative. But I can tell you that that's what kept me getting out of bed every morning. So it, I, I like to have people look at things and say, you know, what's going to be the most positive thing to help you move forward. But the, the thing with um, writing is that there's so many different ways that you can use it to match different personality styles. For some people, writing a letter to a loved one is something that can be really helpful. If you've just broken up with somebody or you're really angry at somebody or somebody said something stupid about a political thing that you didn't agree with or something like that, you can channel that energy into writing everything down you feel on a piece of paper and then burning it. And there's so much, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched Friends when it was a thing, but remember yes. when the episode where they burned all of the ex-boyfriend stuff and then the hot firemen came like you know there is there is something fun to writing getting all of that out and then burning it other people like to do like gratitude journal journaling or mm -hmm. writing down things that make them feel good or writing down things that made them feel sad some people like to blog and to teach people that was another thing that um, when I originally came out, I wasn't actually writing so much about grief. I mean, I did write a little bit about how I felt about losing a twin, but I was super motivated to write about the syndrome that took them because my drive at the beginning, mm -hmm. or took her, my drive at the beginning was to make sure that no other woman pregnant with identical twins was so ill-informed about the topic as I was when we went into it. So I wrote so much about twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome and then life in the NICU and all of those things. So, I mean, you're writers. You certainly understand, like, there's so many different ways that you can take it. So you can... For some people, it might be they want to write a fiction story. They just need an escape. They need to talk about a dystopian society or a planet that doesn't exist or whatever just to go someplace else, you know, so... Yeah, lots of ways to do it. Yeah, mine was um, poetry. Mine came out in mm. poetry, which was My did that. like not normal. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But that's how it came out. So, yep. yeah. So and it's how beautiful. How does creativity fit in? Oh, oh. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
So like, how does creativity fit into that healing process? And when everything goes topsy-turvy? Yeah. Um, well, I think that, um, depending on the type of loss and depending on how significantly you are impacted is going to impact how your creativity flows. Right. So, um, I briefly mentioned this at the beginning, but in it, with a significant loss, you know, there is there is real truth to the brain fog and to just feeling like your head is submerged in peanut butter is what I tell people because it's just like, whoa, and you can't, you know, so that's probably not the time to decide that you want to write the next great American novel or, <laughs> you know. But um, where you, what you can do is you can use your creativity in in other ways like doodling. Or um, I'm in a memoir course right now with Brooke Warner, and um, and she had a guest speaker come on. Oh gosh, what was his name? I can't remember. But he teaches the six word memoir, and it's and he teaches this concept of don't think in huge concepts. Just write six words. So like you know that was the day I died. That's seven words. Okay, I died that day. That's four. Whatever you come up with, like <laughs> like your six words that like. That that kind of encompass what you're thinking of, and it's kind of fun because it's a brain teaser, and it makes you. It's kind of like fitting in a, a you know a whole blog post into 140 characters on Twitter. Um, it makes you think in think about things in a different way. I loved this idea of just trying to break it down to six words and writing these six word stories. And then of course he says, you can always take those six words and delve much deeper into them and get the story out farther. But um, to answer your question, you know, it, it really depends on what your brain capacity is is at that point, because there's a lot of very real scientific um, uh, research around the fact that your brain just kind of shuts down. So early, early on after a significant loss, I like to have people just um, just do simple things like write write a letter to their loved one or their child or whomever. Um, that's, that's one of my favorite go-tos actually, because mm -hmm. it's so it, I think it is easy to sit down and say, you know, dear Catherine, today would have been your seventh birthday. You know, these are the things we could have done together or something like that. And just, and just dream it that way or, or however you want to go with it. It just, it allows you the freedom of just exploring whatever you want to share. It doesn't have to be death. It doesn't oh, no, have to absolutely be yeah. Not. So Dear Joanna Penn, boss who fired me. <laughs> I faded the paints you wore every day. You yeah. looked stupid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Joanna Penn wrote a letter to sugar because she was addicted to sugar. I remember talking about <laughs> Do you remember that? that? Yes. yes, yes. And I think Orna Ross wrote one too. Oh gosh, I can't remember what hers was, but I, I feel like I've heard money before, like your relationship with money yeah. and mm -hmm. having that, just being able to lay everything out there that's chaotic in your mind in a two-dimensional, like reviewable place. Yeah. Um, I think that that's why writing is, is so helpful in, in, in all areas, but particularly in grief. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, there's there's many ways that you can do it. We talk about doing the letters. We talk about doing lists. Lists, even like if you're not at a place where you even feel like you can put anything together, um, a prompt from a list like, today I saw something that made me blank. Or even like we do with creative writing, you can do this for healing as well too. Um, what I like to do is give people prompts that make them do something that should help them feel better about themselves. So go on a walk, 
and write down every color you see or write down every animal you see or write down every, you know, sound you hear. Or, I mean, if you really wanted to get creative and a little creepy, maybe you could be like, go on a walk and look in somebody's window and imagine what's happening in their, <laughs> in their house right now. <laughs> <laughs> distracting, right? <laughs> call the police on you for peeping in their window. Don't crawl up to their house and look in the window. Just kind of stand <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm really, I'm really fired today. I just have my sugar. <laughs> well, I would I do that, that like when we would drive and like go on a trip, you know, I would always do that with like the cars that would pass. And I kind of look and, you know, you kind of see who's in there. Maybe it's a family or maybe it's just like a guy or, you know, whatever. And you just imagine like, huh, wonder where they're going. What are they thinking? What are they yeah. doing? Are they listening to music? Are they not? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is this a happy family or is there something <laughs> below the surface? <laughs> that might be more writer. That's more fiction writer. <laughs> so some of our listeners actually have creative businesses and these, these have been really good things to, to tend to your personal healing. Um, but what, what happens whenever like you, Alexa, you've got all of these creative endeavors, you have a publishing company, you have all of these things that have to keep moving, all of these plates that have to keep spinning. Um, what happens whenever there's healing that's needed and you have this creative endeavor that has to keep going? Oh, that's, that's, that's a hard one. Um, I think that creativity is often the first thing to go away when we're stressed out and when we are overwhelmed and when we just have too much on our plates. Um, I know that because that's, that's what happens to me is like, it's really, you know, if you, if you get super stressed out or you start becoming kind of like a taskmaster, like these are the things that have to get done. And it usually, um, it's harder to think through things for me, at least my experience has been that it's harder to just sit down and, and unwind enough to be creative. So, I've actually been on a journey in this last year, um, a self-care journey. And I know that that term is such a buzzword out there, but just trying to um, incorporate into my day-to-day -day activities, small things that still help me um, calm down each day, help me do things. And it's very simple things. I've started walking every morning. Um, I try to go for a walk every day if I can. Luckily, I live in a climate that mostly allows that. And I bought a treadmill for the days that don't. Um, you know, I stayed up way too late um, last night, so I didn't get up. And I feel a difference when I don't get that early morning walk in. But I did do a quick 10-minute yoga stretch video. So if I can't mm -hmm. do the walk, then I try and incorporate something else. And I would say that no matter how busy your life is, I remember one of my coaches telling me this when I was like, but I can't, I don't have, I'm already like from the second I sit down in the morning, I'm already working. I'm already working like 12, 14. I've had days where I was working like 16 hours a day to try and keep up with everything. And I was like, how can you possibly tell me that I just need to do this? And I remember Kate telling me, she was like, if you would just take put an alarm on your clock at some point in time during the day, two o'clock, let's say every day at two o'clock and just sit there and breathe deeply for five minutes. She was like, the rest of your day would be different. And she was right. Like just having even five minutes of breathing deeply. Cause we don't, the other thing is when we're super busy and super like trying to do all this stuff, like we breathe really shallowly and guess what? When our brain isn't getting enough oxygen, our mind suffers. So sorry, really long answer there. But the, the basic thing is that if you can even just find 
five, 10, 30 minutes and start with something small and then incorporate it in there and, um, and, and try and fit those things in, it will have a positive impact on your creativity. And then the second piece of advice is to really look at where you are spending your time and, um, some things may have to go. I mean, I would love to end my workday at four o'clock and play with my kids and then have dinner and then spend the rest of my evening with a glass of wine watching my favorite TV shows on Netflix. But I can't get all the stuff done that I have to do. So for this period, I only get to watch one episode of a show on Netflix and then I have to go write or do whatever needs to be done, you know? So... So do you have a specific business-related example where a bad thing happened and your creativity was affected? And how did that turn out? So yes, actually. Um, how many examples do you want to go through? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, okay, so definitely business-related, super business-related. Um, I happened to bring on a client about a year after I started my publishing company, um, the, or started taking on things. So I hadn't had a lot of authors that I was publishing under my imprint. So she was like my second or third author. So we were still figuring some things out and, um, turns out she was also a little bit crazy. So that did not help the <laughs> situation, oh. but long story short, um, some really weird things happened. She went off the rails. Um, she got very, very, um, verbally abusive and, um, mm -hmm. Right before Christmas, she went into PayPal and told them she never had received her services, even though we'd built her website, we'd built her Facebook, we'd done her cover design, all these things, and she had never received. And boom, like that, PayPal withdrew all the money that she had paid me up to that point, um, oh which goodness. was significant, especially considering it was a week before Christmas. Um, and so for me, the reason I share that example was because it impacted me tremendously from a business model because one, I spent three days when I should have been enjoying my little children at Christmas time, trying to provide a whole bunch of evidence to PayPal that they really didn't care about. So business lesson, PayPal almost always sides with the buyer. Um, but so I provided them so much evidence and they still cited anyway, that's a different story, but it had a massive impact on me as a business owner, on me as a creative, on my person, on my self esteem. And I was like, is everything that she said true? Am I a scam? Am I a fraud? Am I doing, you know, and then, and for, it impacted me for months, for months, I almost couldn't like get back on the horse again. And, um, I almost shut down my business because of it. And that may seem really extreme to people, but I am a super empath and I was trying so hard to build this business where I really wanted people to be first and to have someone attack you like that, like had a massive impact on me. Um, so anyway, I just eventually like uh, a, another book came to me shortly after that and a different kind of author and, and I took her on and it was such a positive experience. So sometimes, you know, dealing with those bad things, I would guess that a return to something that you know, you're really good at, or a return to something that makes you feel good about yourself, or maybe um, I, I find a lot of value in collecting the praises that people give me. And the like, you know, I've heard people talk about having a, a, a board that's like we have in our Slack channels, we have a feel good channel, where every time somebody shouts out praise for us and what we've done, we put it in there. And when I'm having a super bad day, um, I will go 
go look at those and remember that I am good at what I do and I am a good person. And it seems ridiculous that that we get so caught up on what other people think, but it's the same with like, if someone's reading your writing and they criticize you, it's amazing how you can have 25 five-star, four and five-star reviews. And then one person leaves an ugly review and you think you're the worst author in the world. You think, you know, you're a terrible writer. The whole world is ending. It can take you down. If you don't deal with those issues, you're so lucky. But <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, I would say that the way around it for me is to just um, try and take a step back. This is when maybe even taking a break for a little while, reevaluating what you're doing and why you're doing it, look at some of the good things that you've achieved, and then try and, and, and take the steps that you can to get back in there or do something that makes you really happy that you're doing it. And then just like bad things happen in your life too. My father, my father passed away a few years ago and that can really derail you. So the thing that I learned from that as a business owner is how important it is to have systems and processes in place mm -hmm. so that I could take a step back and, and know that my clients were still being taken care of because my team knew how to access information and my team knew what was, uh, what needed to happen next. So that's another really big important thing that I talk to, to business owners a lot about actually is making sure because bad things happen to us all the time, whether it's a client going crazy or a loved one passing away or, I mean, any number of things that can have coronavirus, you know, you have to have a plan for how you can continue moving your business forward, um, even if you can't be there present. Yeah. So that answers the proactivity question for mm -hmm. us then, because we were thinking, well, we know that this happens and we have to retroactively deal with it, but how can we deal with it on the front end before something bad happens? So you're saying procedures in place would be very helpful for yeah. that. Is there any other advice for that area? So if you're, a, so the, with a lot of writers and people who are solo um, printers, they may not have a lot of systems in place or processes or things like that. So anything that you can do to have kind of um, created so that somebody could kind of step in, depending, you know, it's, it varies so much. If you are writing as an author full time, you can't hire an assistant to come in and finish your book for you, right? Like there are some things, I mean, I guess you could, that's what ghost writers do, right? But um you know, but there are other things that maybe if you can step back and say, you know what, maybe I can hire a VA to do my marketing for me or to send my newsletter or to go out and research for this for me or, or find those types of things. So I think it's just kind of important to almost have your, like an emergency plan, like you do in your house for, you know, with your family, if there's an emergency, what's my plan? If there's an emergency, does, does Joy know how to access your stuff so that she could, you know, help you find somebody to do it or do you have do you have stuff in a dropbox where other people can could potentially come in and access and help you um it's a hard question to answer you know super broadly across mm -hmm. the across any level of business or activity but yeah just having those things in place so that somebody you could potentially say this is what i do every day this is my facebook login information this is my convert kit login information or this is whatever and um <clears throat> I send out a newsletter every Wednesday about writing tips. So, you know, just do that for me. <laughs> just write, my, write a newsletter on writing tips or, or whatever it might be, you know, post on my Facebook page, do whatever. Yeah, that's so good. So we need a habit and then we need to, <laughs> we need a it's, plan and then we need yes. to share the plan. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, with small business, with, with, with individuals and with individual writers, that's really hard to do. The other option is to just be really open and honest with your audience. And I've seen a lot of authors do this as well and just be like, I thought I was going to be able to finish this book by this time frame. I'm having some stuff happen in my life. Um, I'm going to have to push the launch date or I'm going to have to do whatever. And thank you. And usually people are so, I mean, who would, who would not be okay with that? Who would be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Your dad died, but I need to buy your book on April 20th. Like you said, so get it done. You know, (laughs) nobody reacts like that. So there's, there's a lot to be said for transparency too, depending on where you are in your business and how much is going on. I can't with I, I can't with, with publishing clients like I can't be like I'm sorry we established that your book would publish on this date and I'm feeling sad so I can't work on it right now so <laughs> so too bad for you doesn't really work very well <laughs> but, yeah. but that's where the team comes in for sure yes exactly that's why I have to have systems processes and a team <laughs> to back me up <laughs> absolutely so like when you are in the middle of a bad you know situation that's going on. And so you've kind of analyzed the situation. You're, you're continuing to move forward with whatever your creative endeavor, whether it be a business or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, do you have any other suggestions for just coping skills or active steps? You know, maybe if you're, you're kind of in that process, you're moving forward, but then you have a little bit of an overwhelm or something like that. I know you mentioned the deep breaths, which that is, that's a phenomenal suggestion too. Yeah. And it's been amazing to me. Like I've just really realized how shallowly I breathe throughout the day Mm -hmm. and how much of a difference it makes when I do take the time just a couple of times a day to, to deep breath. But you know, I think, um, I think it really with overwhelm in general and with just so much stuff coming on, like nothing good comes from feeling like you are so stressed out and, and just have to do all these things. For me, I start making mistakes and, and, um, you know, I don't want to make mistakes on other people's things. So it truly is better to take even just five minutes and go stand outside in the sunshine if you can, or call your best friend, or if you have time, sit down and watch something that makes you laugh. Or for me, music, I'm one of those people that I am highly impacted by music. So Mm -hmm. I'll turn on, you know, I don't know, Jitterbug is what we were listening to last year. You guys might be a little younger than me, but Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by by, um, Wham, do the Jitterbug, you know that song? Um, Last year before pandemic started, you know, getting my three kids up in the morning and they just were, "Ah, I don't want to get up, don't want to do anything. I put that on loudly in our house and just like dance around and go nuts. And they got angry, but I got really happy. It took that like, because you asked earlier about like how people deal with stress. Well, I am not a good stress dealer. Like I get angry, I get snappy, I get yelly, I get all these things. And I don't want to yell at my little kids just because they're tired and don't want to get out of bed. I mean, that's, you know, so I'd much rather be laughing and be silly. So music, music, if you can even just, you know, listen to your favorite song for a few minutes, take some deep breaths and then try and come back. And then also the thing that has really helped me is to look at my schedule for the next day, the night before, and to kind of have a feeling of, of what has to be done 
And, you know, you, you hear people talk about like the must do list, the should do list or the, whatever the can do the if you have time do and, and, and really prioritize things. And there's a lot of things in our life that we feel pressured to do that we can actually just say, you know what, do I really have to do that right now? Can I take this off my plate so that I can focus on these other things? And the same goes with, um, trying to get through a difficult time. There's a lot of pressures on our lives that are just stupid pressures at the end of the day. Like, do you really have to, you know, be this upset because somebody has asked you to go to a movie with them and you're scared of telling them no or whatever, you know, and, and when you're, when you're, when you're dealing through a hard time and all those different commitments make you feel really weighed down, then, you know, just taking, being okay with saying, I can say no to people is a, is a big thing. <laughs> and Joy and I were talking, I can't remember if this was last week or the week before, but we were talking about um, how I am a recovering emotional repressor. So one of the ways that, uh, that I kind of help that helps me get through these brief cycles. Cause I, I don't think that it goes away. It's been, a, it's been, um, it's been at least five years for one particular thing, and it just it just hasn't even gone away. And that's a lie that I was telling myself, like I'm, there's something wrong with me because it's not gone away. And I'm not, you know, I'm not even handling my healing properly because it's not going away. But folks, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily go away. Um, but what we can do is recognize when it's coming and yeah. kind of live in those feelings for a little yeah. bit and just feel the way that we feel. And most of the time that grief comes from love. Like we, we loved that person or we loved that thing, or that's a piece of us that we love that we don't have anymore. And just being able to sit down and take five minutes and just feel the feelings. It's the hardest thing. (laughs) It may sound a little bit silly, but, um, I've really started getting more into like woo woo type stuff, you know, affirmation, not even affirmations and stuff, but just really listening to positive things that lift me up. So I've started following some um, Instagram accounts and I mentioned to you two at the beginning of this, but I'm going through a divorce and um, I, I've started following this guy, Mark Groves on Instagram, create the love. And it's not, he's a human connection specialist is what he says. So it's not just about divorce. It's not whatever, but he sends out all these messages of you are important. You are loved. You, your, your light is enough in this world. You know, you shouldn't be just, just hearing whatever your situation is, whatever your situation is, just hearing somebody positively reinforce the good things in you and your life can make such a big difference. And I've just, I've really found myself becoming a little bit dependent on, on seeing those beautiful, beautiful pieces of of messages from people each day saying, you know, and there's this really funny um, video by Chris Helms, Helmsworth, you know, um, Thor, and he, and oh, I know who that is. Gorgeous video. <laughs> you are beautiful. You are loved. You should look it up on on um on YouTube. It's amazing. He's just like, and girl, you are. <laughs> I love to listen to that because a hot man just telling you you're beautiful and loved. All <laughs> you are amazing. In his Australian accent, I can't do an Australian accent, but oh yeah, I that's mean, going on the subscribe list. Yes. Oh, it's, it's so funny. So I mean, 
to me, this isn't going to be universal for everybody I know because everybody handles things so differently. So what I say, you might think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And if it feels dumb to you, then don't do it. But find out what your thing is and go at it 100% because for me, it lifts me up to see a really cute guy sending uplifting messages or to read those things and, you know, moving through healing, all of that stuff, like that's really what healing is. It's helping yourself get to a place where you feel better than where you were when whatever it was happened to you to make you feel bad. Yeah. And you have a fantastic writing through grief. It's a five day challenge that we're going to put the link in the show notes. Do you want to tell a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's um, it's a free email thing. It comes out over the course of two weeks, I think, because I don't want to inundate people. I don't want them to be like, oh, no, the second email just came, and I didn't even open the first email. Um, but it, it's oh, it's a, just several different writing exercises that you can do, and I talk about um, different ways that you can can um, different formats of writing, if you will. You know, I talk a lot about the letter writing because that's one of my favorite activities. But it comes, I think there's five or six emails that come out and um, just tries to help you come up with some exercises that you can do to help you write through whatever it is that you're feeling. That's outstanding. Well, I have loved this so much. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and just being the kind of person who wants to help other people not feel the way that you felt when you went through that. So that's that's a gift just for humanity. And thank you so much for creatives and for creative entrepreneurs as well. Um, Alexa has got some stuff for you. So Alexa, can you tell us a little bit about what you can offer creatives and how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, so we do a couple of different things. Um, I would say one of one of my my favorite thing to do ever is helping people learn about what they're trying to do and get access to the resources and other people and tools that can help them. So we run the Women in Publishing Summit each March. Um, it's a free, well, it'll be a a paid conference, but there are always free elements to it. And um, now in October, I'm not sure when this is going to go live, but in October, we're actually running a fall showcase that's a, a kind of a best of series. So if you go to womeninpublishingsummit.com, you can get access to that for free. Um, or you can pre-register for the conference, but that's, it's phenomenal. We talked to ladies like, like Joy and May, who will be there again this year. And um, really? yes, you will. The emails that's are going exciting. out this week. Oh, thank <laughs> <Great> you. <news. laughs> you hear it here first. <laughs> Uh, but we, we love to give a really wide spectrum of information from not just from all, obviously the basics, writing, publishing, marketing, but then like all the other things that go into being a creative and a, and a writer and all of those things. So that's one of my favorite things to do. I also offer self-publishing assist services, basically um, boutique publishing, if you will, helping people that don't want to deal with the mess of figuring out how to find their ISBN, how to file their copyright, how to get their book laid out, an ebook, all of that. We um, shepherd people through that. And we do book launching um, services and we offer a lot of courses, a lot of, because um, sometimes people can't, can't necessarily afford to pay for one-to-one -one services. And I always want to have an opportunity for people to still I teach basically everything I know in, in the courses. So yeah, we, um, we do a lot, <laughs> which is why I have to have those processes and plans so that when I take my break, 
I know that it will continue going. I have a phenomenal team though. And I really, really, really want to give a shout out to my team because um, I've had a group of women working with me for four years and they're amazing and so good at what they do. And I just, I couldn't, I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff without their support. So they are super amazing. Every year during the (laughs) summit, I just, I love seeing all of your team together and that's so much fun. We do. We have a good time. I can't wait until we're rich and I can take them on a really fun retreat someplace and spoil <laughs> the heck out of them because they deserve it. That would be amazing. <laughs> so what's the best way to um, for our writer friends to get in contact with you? Well, we have a pretty active group on Facebook. If you go to Facebook, just look for Write, Publish, Sell. It's a group there. That's probably the best place your entryway in, and and, and you can see everything from there. Or, of course, you can go to the womeninpublishingsummit.com website. We do, we do webinars almost every single month. We have a whole bunch of free content throughout the year and um, just really committed to helping people. Because I'm sure you, you two ladies understand this, being in this industry. There are a lot of bad roads you can go down. And, you know, just, we try to help people avoid the bad roads. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and Alexa, you have a challenge for our listeners this week. I do. So if this topic resonated with you, or, or if it didn't, it doesn't have to be, again, we mentioned it doesn't have to be significant loss. It could be just frustration right now with being at home or not getting to do the things. I saw one of my friends post something the other day about her 40th birthday plans fell through, and she wrote the most beautiful post about all the things that didn't get to be celebrated this year, whether it was a marriage that you couldn't, a wedding you couldn't attend or a funeral you couldn't attend or a birthday party that you couldn't do with your friends or whatever, you know, in this year in particular, there's a lot of loss happening. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, I like to, I like to journal out my feelings about what is happening. I like to sit down and just really feel what I'm feeling. A good 10 minute session of just, we talked about ways to clear your brain. A good 10 minute session of just sitting down and getting all the gunk out is so helpful. So my writing prompt for you all today is to think about a time that you've faced a really difficult situation. Maybe it's now with the pandemic. Maybe you lost a a parent or maybe you broke up with a friend or a boyfriend or a partner, um, maybe you lost a pet. Good grief, we don't give enough enough acknowledgement to how significant the loss of a pet can be to people. So I encourage you to think about that time in a non-triggering way. If it's a topic that's going to trigger you, please don't touch that right now. That, that's for therapy. Not for, <laughs> I don't want anybody to go into a worse place, but but a time when you went through a difficult situation and sit down and write either a letter Um, to a loved one about what's happening and about what's going on, tell them everything, get it all out, or just open up a journal and, and write down all your feelings about your struggles, your anger, your sadness, the losses that you're feeling. And I, I would highly encourage you if it is a letter or something that has things that you would not want another person to actually read, like say you're angry at your partner and you've written a lot of things about why they've annoyed you during, um, during this pandemic time, I really encourage you to destroy it after you write it because you do not want somebody to um, accidentally come upon your writing and then that causes a lot more issues and problems and pain. So get rid of it if you could potentially hurt somebody. And for the love of God, do not put it in a public, like don't do this on your Facebook post. 
don't do it on your Instagram. Don't do it on your blog. Don't do it any place that anybody could send. Because, you know, once it's there, it's there. Even if you delete it, it's there. So that's my advice to you. And I think you will find that it is a really warm, um, just like a relieving experience. Uh, for That's what happens to me. When I write all of these things done at the end, I'm like, wow, what a, what a weight off my shoulders, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you have the headspace to think about other things and to make really good decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Alexa, thank you so much for everything. Oh, this has been amazing. You. I've been following your Instagram posts and just getting like so excited about when this interview was coming and <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you having me on and I know you do a limited number of interviews. So I was really excited to, to be able to, to be here with you two today. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us and this was great. And thank you for all of the um, great tips and advice and just the honesty that you've given to our listeners. That is huge and so needed. Thank you. And exactly what Courtney writing life is about. Yes. I love it. <laughs> love it. Well, I can't wait to um, see you guys back in the summit. And thank you again so much for having me on this podcast. It, it, it really, um, I just want to say how important I, I think it is to make space for people who are going through a difficult time. And I want to, I want to say that right now is such a difficult time because everybody is at their max capacity. So it's very hard if you're going through a difficult time right now because nobody has the capacity to listen to you. So if you're struggling, you know, unfortunately, this is one of those times where you really do need to look at the tools that you have in your own toolbox to help yourself get to where you can get. And I'm going to tell you, my best things are non-work related and it is laughing with friends laughing at anything, really, a funny movie if I can't be with my friends, and sometimes wine, but I'm not on alcohol right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> but do things that find, bring you joy, and remember that we will all be together again, hopefully, very soon. Yeah, yeah, and we are huge, Joy especially is a huge journaling activist, so yes. she's telling everybody about journaling. <laughs> It's funny. I, I started journaling. My dad bought me my, I'm sorry to tell you another little random story, but um, I, my dad bought me my very first diary when I was like in fourth grade and I started writing in my diary. I found it not too long ago when I was, when we moved houses and, um, and I have just pages and pages of journals that I've written. And I'm, it's so fun for me to go back and read about things that happened in my life and about where I've come. And that's really one of the magical things about journaling is that when you see where you were in a certain place, and then you can read a year later and realize how far you've come for grievers, it's a massive thing, especially if you still feel sad and you look back and you're like, whoa, I was in a really bad place there. I'm doing okay now. <laughs> so yes, I, power to the journal, power to the journalers. <laughs> okay, everyone. Well, we hope that you have a magical week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May. You just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. 
If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting courtywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.